You're listening to the Be Well, Be Wild podcast. I'm Jenny Wolf, and with over 13 years of coaching experience, I know a thing or two about transforming the way you live, love, and lead. If you're looking to wildly upgrade your life, relationships, productivity, mental, physical, spiritual well-being, then you're in the right place. My goal on this podcast is to show you how to authentically leverage greater well-being, connection, and leadership to create true joy and lasting success at home and work. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, skills, and mindset shifts required to say bye to the status quo life and hello to being well and wildly successful. Today is a special day because we have our first ever guest on the Be Wild, Be Wild podcast, Derry Lynn Freeman, who is a financial planner and advisor and the co-founder of SDF Focus Financial. She runs her business alongside her business partner, David DeLugash, where they provide full-service financial planning for their clients so that they can build security and independence. And I feel especially honored to be able to have this conversation with Derry because she also was a participant in Well and Wild Method. And so I have had um, a front row seat on her journey in terms of seeing her build her business, become a mom. And so I feel very honored that she said yes to be on this podcast today. And I wanted to provide listeners some insight into financial well-being well beyond what I can provide you from someone who is an expert in the industry um, with things that are happening in the financial world. I know that I have heard from clients that they are feeling some stress and uncertainty. And I thought that this would be a great opportunity to bring in someone who really humanizes this subject that can um, carry a lot of shame. And so if you are someone that wants to upgrade your financial wellness and lessen your financial pain, you're going to find some great insights in this episode. And we go well beyond the financial realm, too. Um, I really appreciate Derry. She shares some of her own stories that are just oh so relatable. Um, and I want to tell you a little bit more about Derry. She um, lives in Vienna, Virginia with her husband, Oliver, and their new son, Leon, and their rescue dog, Vardy. Um, her hobbies include dance, theater, hiking, traveling, and yoga. And she frequently travels to Philly, where most of her family lives, to spoil her two nephews. And so Derry's focused as a certified financial planner. Um, she focuses mostly on serving families, especially those that include executive level women and entrepreneur entrepreneurs. She has been in the financial industry for over seven years. And so without further ado, here's the conversation between Derry and I on all things financial well-being. Enjoy. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited because today we have our first guest, Derry Freeman. Welcome, Derry. Hi, Jenny. So excited to have you here. So today we are going to be diving into all things financial wellness and financial well-being. And Derry's going to share with us some of her experience and her stories 
with us so that we can get a better understanding of our financial picture and where to even start with that thing that we might be scared to even look at. So, Daria, let's just start with some basics. What would you say is financial well-being? Yeah, that's the million-dollar question, Jenny. I mean, everyone has a different meaning for themselves. And the word is being thrown around so much now and packaged and tied up with a bow and and sold. And so personally, for me, um, I'll share that financial well-being really means feeling confident, not thinking that much about my money, to be honest. Like I don't I don't like having the list run through my head of worries or concerns. Like I like having a free mind. So um, for me, that's a big one. And being able to really um, spend time the way that I want. For me, it's directly tied to, you know, those trips or that travel or spending time with family goes back to the financial well-being and what's happening um, there first. So um, those are some common themes that I hear, but they really do run the gamut in terms of what each person defines as financial well-being. Yeah. I really like that you spoke to having a free mind around it, like not actually thinking about it so much. Um, I think that that is something that's not often talked about in terms of financial wellness, financial well-being, however we put it, is actually not thinking about it so much. It's almost like when you aren't financial, when you don't, when you don't have financial wellness, it's like, you're probably obsessing about it and you don't mm-hmm. have that peace of mind. So that is huge. And to point out that it is so different for everyone. I mean, that's something that definitely is aligned. And that's a big reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I think that everybody's version of this is going to look different. And we're taught growing up sometimes that, you know, it means a budget or it means, you know, um, investing or whatever, all these other things, like it has to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so I think speaking to everybody's is going to be different. So what are some blocks to being financially well? Yeah. The the biggest one that I see people um, facing when they when they sit down with me when they sit down with my partners is um, embarrassment. They think maybe they're not where they should be, given insert title in their careers, insert age, insert whatever milestone. I already bought a house and X. So there's all these different measurements that they're. Um, using to judge themselves essentially. And, and that's leading to, um, you know, some embarrassment and definitely some shame. Um, Not everyone, but I would say the majority of people, um, those are blocks for them. And um, usually it takes something happening in their life that um, forces them or so they say motivates them or forces them to have this, what they would describe as a nervous um, or um, a conversation that they'd been otherwise avoiding. So um, yeah, that those are those are some of the blocks, the ones that we see the most um, judgment, shame, and even embarrassment up front. Yeah, I 
can totally relate to that. I think that that's something that I hear often just with my clients is that, you know, they, they often won't even like look at the facts because they feel like they're not where they should be, you know, in certain, you know, like you said, it's like they have a certain like position or title or something like that. And so they're comparing themselves and thinking that they should be further along than they are. Um, so I, you know, I think that that's so common. What about in terms of a block, do you think people like overcomplicate it or make it seem like it's, you know, a bigger, um, thing than it really is? Like, what is your, what do yes. you think about that? Okay. This is a really embarrassing story for me, but I'm going to share it because it just really demonstrates, I think, the way people feel when they come to meet with us. And I felt this way. So, Danielle, I was actually texting you. I was at the doctor's last week. And I texted you. I'm like, hey, I'll text you when I'm out because I'm at the doctor's. And I went to the doctor's because I had, I don't even know what it was, guys, but it was like, I didn't know if it was like a wart or a callus or something on my foot. And I'd literally had it for months. And I was like Googling and trying to get rid of it, treating it myself. Like it was so embarrassing and it was getting more and more painful. And I finally was like, I just got to go to the doctors. And of course, when I got there, she was like, oh, no, no big deal. And put some, it took her like five or 10 minutes and it was gone. <laughs> And she was like talking to me about her kids and we're having a conversation like it was nothing. And I just had this epiphany in that moment. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like this is exactly how people feel about their money. <laughs> like it's a wart on your toe <laughs> and you have to figure it out on your own. Meanwhile, the doctor's like, this is not a big deal and it's done. It's gone. You're good to go. So um, I I think, you know, people coming out of a conversation, we always try to make sure that they know, like, you are not alone. This is so common. You're in a great place. Just the fact that you're having a conversation. And there's usually a lot of laughs in that first meeting, people laughing at themselves and, um, you know, just at the fact that they're excited and relieved. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for sharing that story, Derry. I think that that is so true whenever we're looking at any of our stuff, right? Like are the things that we feel like are not that we shouldn't be experiencing. Like it's, we want to like sweep it under the rug. And I even got this when I kind of was visualizing this when we were talking, when you were saying something earlier, it's just like, because there's that shame and there, that embarrassment, and we think that we should be further along, it's like we keep on putting stuff underneath the rug and it builds and it builds and it builds and it compounds, yeah. you know? So you like- trying to treat it yourself and do all these other like, you know, think of them as like band-aid fixes, right? Yeah. To try to like get it, get it put together. But it just feels like, you know, we're never really making progress with it. And and exactly. mentally, it's that mountain out of a molehill. Um, and I love that like you bring that lighthearted approach to this stuff because it's like when we're taking it so seriously, it can just feel um like we just don't want to face it because we're making it mean something about ourselves. And that's what we do as humans. Like I often say, like we're meaning making machines. Yeah. And so if we think we're not doing something that we should be doing, you know, we're already making ourselves wrong and it's not, it's human. And, um, 
So thank you for sharing that. I think hopefully that'll bring some some laughs to some people. And I want you guys like listening to to think about like where in your life, whether it's financial or like a health thing or, you know, I know I've had a client like an email that you want to send that you have made it such a big deal, so significant in your mind. And then when you actually went to do it, you were like, why didn't I do this sooner? Mm -hmm. And I think that's so common with like the work when we're making, you know, changes in our life that we often think that, like, I think that's what I often hear people say with coaching, you know, I'm sure you hear this in financial, like in financial, like, why didn't I do this sooner? Um, It wasn't as painful as I thought it was going to be. So why would somebody go through what may be temporary discomfort, right? So like facing their stuff, facing their financial picture, you know, going and getting the work checked out in their foot. <laughs> Why would somebody experience like that temporary discomfort um, for like that sustainable success, right? Because I think of it as like we're choosing between temporary discomfort or like long-term discomfort. So you know, why, like, would somebody choose this? And what I kind of want you to think about here is, like, how would this impact, like, other other aspects of people's well-being besides their financial? Like, once they've actually faced their financial wellness and they feel like that is kind of where they want it to be, how, like, why would they do it? Like, how would this impact other parts? Or do you think it even does impact other areas of their well-being? This goes really hand in hand with the coaching that you that that I've experienced with working with you as well, Denny. But there's usually one of two reasons. One is they have uh, like a really clear vision of something that they want to happen in the future, and they're at the point where they want help. Like they're willing to go through an uncomfortable conversation, or you know, quote unquote, expose themselves and their bad habits, even though most of the time that's in their head as well. Um, to go towards something that is really important to them, whether that's, you know, starting a business, growing a business, taking a trip, buying their house, um, sending their children to school, investing in themselves through program or you put you and you insert the goal. But usually there's something there that's like greater than what they're uh, nervous about. Um, and on the other hand, sometimes people have gone through a really um like emotional experience that they don't want to happen again. They want to prevent their spouse, their partner, themselves, their parents, their children um, from experiencing what they did. So that is also a really big reason why people, again, are willing to sit down and have um, what they might imagine to be an uncomfortable conversation. Again, usually ends up, we have a good time, <laughs> but um because they they want to make sure that they can prevent that um, emotional um, distress for themselves or for people they care about. Yeah, great. Yeah, I love that. Like, especially thinking about, you know, that's something to be thinking about if you're listening to this. Like, what is the thing that's greater for you? Like, what is the thing that actually pulls you to do it that is more important to you than the pain of it? There's that saying by Michael Beckwith that I always quote. It's like, pain pushes until vision pulls. Yeah. And so, like, really thinking about, like, when you think about the vision that you want in terms of your financial wellness, allow that to pull you forward instead of the pain that it's maybe caused. Um, And I love that you said, like, you know, 
um, not repeating past patterns. Like, you know, if you ha have experienced something in your past, whether it was with your family or a spouse or, you know, there was something that was like pretty painful, you grew up a certain way and you're like, I just want to not repeat this pattern. So I need to learn different things, you know? And I think that that's a great thing about what you do is just teaching people to like these other skills and making this a human experience. It's not just, you know, investments or, you know, I don't know, like the budget or whatever. It's like actually just starting to like look at your financial picture and, um, and change, you know, change the maybe pattern that has happened in your family. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love, I love that you spoke to that when people, when people actually start to face their financial picture and, you know, they stop making a mountain out of a molehill and they've overcome, you know, at least that first decision of just, okay, I'm going to do something about it. Um, what do you think that have, how does that impact their well-being otherwise? Like their emotional well-being, their mental well-being, um, et cetera. Yeah. That, I mean, this is, I can't help but smile because this is the fruit of our labors. We don't get to see it right away because a lot of these um, goals or these visions that people have um, take a little bit of time to achieve, right? So um, we have a little bit of that delayed gratification, but it's so rewarding and, and like satisfying to watch um, whether, I mean, I, people, it could be like, you know, I know a couple that they bought an RV and started driving around and they were, they were working like remotely from their RV. They know they never would have done that without having a conversation. And um, so like for them, it was, they were having way more fun. Like they're out of the office. They wanted to be outside. Um, for other people, it is, um, you know, actually like moving, going to a different location, like this dream place that they wanted to live. Um, that again, they come to the conversation. Some people, it's hard to get those dreams out of them. Like I have to, some people, not so much, but there's others that's like, well, I think this is what's possible. And I kind of you know, jokingly say, I'm not interested in what, <laughs> what you think is possible right now. Like what would be ideal? What would be dream for you? And then you see them actually, you know, move to their dream retirement home or purchase their dream vacation home or their first home. And that feeling of like seeing someone go through with that um, is just, it's incredible. And um, we get to be a part of that. And I mean, we become friends and I'm sure you can imagine they feel like family in a way with many of the people we work with because we're so connected and close with them in terms of supporting them. So yeah, it's, it's a great feeling and it definitely has a ripple effect. One confidence, their confidence and like people swag when you see them like afterwards, <laughs> I'm like, wow, <laughs> definitely, um, goes beyond just an Excel sheet, you know? So, um, it's really fun to watch. All right. You guys heard it here. Financial wellness brings back your swag. <laughs> All right. I love that. I mean, it's so cool. Like I heard, you know, fun, right? This is a huge thing. I feel like when I'm working with people, it's like they're so busy doing all this stuff and packing their schedule in and thinking about getting the next promotion or the next dollar or the next client. And it, it's such an internally or externally driven life. 
And I think when we think finances, we often think external. We think, you know, what am I going to have? What is my life going to look like? What car am I going to drive? What's the house? And all of that stuff's important. But what I really heard you speaking to was just like the internal shift that that um, helps people like, yes, like whatever lights your soul up, right? Which might be getting the RV and traveling the world or, um, you know, whatever, whatever it might be for that person, but actually diving in and understanding that about yourself. Like if you were financially successful or more financially successful or whatever it is, what would be ideal for you? And I, I think that that's just not a question that people ask themselves. And I love that you're asking your clients that because, and it's, it can be a hard question. It can be a confronting question for people because what happens is we initially, at least this has been my experience. It's like, at first we're like, Ooh, like, let me dream here. And then all of a sudden, all these little, whatever you want to call them, gremlins, the, Mm -hmm. this committee comes up. I think of them as committees inside of us. And like, there, there's people that are like protesting, like, don't talk about it. Don't talk about your dreams. Like you can't do that because you have to work. It's like, you know, you know, that part of us is scared because we're thinking that, you know, it's gonna, I don't know, we're gonna blow things up or I don't know. But I think it's so important to start there to like begin with that end in mind of like, what do you really want? And then now, like you were saying, like, how do we actually get there? And it takes time, but we have to start with looking at that financial picture. Um, but so, so cool to hear, like, I'm sure that's such a rewarding experience to see the impact um, and hear people's stories and what they're doing after you've worked with them or when you're working with them, I should say. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have touched on this, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into this in terms of what you do and maybe even just your personal experience, what lessens the pain, the financial pain um, and actually supports people to face their financial future so, or financial picture. So, well, and future, I guess. So if you're thinking like, what are some of the things that they can do to lessen the pain or what has been your experience with that? Yeah, it's a really good question. I'll share my personal experience. I think I'm pretty um, plain Jane or like I have a pretty typical response, like similar to what other people do as well. <clears throat> so seeing if there's something in your life that's happening, for example, like for me right now is I have a uh, five and a half month old and um, I have been planning, Jenny, you know me, like I was planning for childcare, like back when I like, you know, even before I found out I was pregnant, because I know how much it costs because I work with people all the time. And, you know, I did everything in terms of our own financial plan being updated and was ready. But I will say like when it when he was born and you start looking um, at like full-time childcare, maybe next, maybe next year, or obviously at some point in the future. And I wanted to puke, <laughs> even though I like knew and I was like, I was ready. It was on my sheet and I just was like sweating and I just felt sick looking at it. And, um, Sometimes you just have to let yourself be in that moment and just feel it. It's very normal. So you can insert, you know, it could be your time. You need to replace your tires on your car or, um, you know, insert something that you just were like, I know these things happen, but when it happens, it's just a different feeling and it's very normal and actually human and healthy (laughs) to feel these things. So just give yourself that time. For me, what helps is 
putting it again back in the the big picture. So like, what does it really matter if for, you know, one to two, maybe three years, we're going to be paying an extra, like an insane amount of money for childcare. But when I look at the big picture and I have that light at the end of the tunnel for me and my family's plan, and I can see, I'm like, it doesn't really make a difference. Like we're still able to do everything that we want to, maybe not all, maybe not these three years, but you know, we have a baby. We're probably not going to be traveling a whole lot anyway. And so when you have that plan in place and you can go back and like look at that light at the end of the tunnel to get you through some financially challenging or just more expensive times. For me, that helps. I'm like, okay, you know, it's just a very temporary period. He's only going to be a baby for like a very short amount of time. So let's just enjoy it. And um, that's the end. We'll just enjoy it. (laughs) And it's fine. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, I really love that you touched on feel your feelings about it. Like let yourself be there. Because I think that that's the thing is that we're trying to find that fix often, you know, when it's uncomfortable, we're like, okay, like, let me just do the first thing that's going to fix this situation. And I say fix in quotations, like that covers it up, right? Like, let me just, you know, and then we're kind of always just taking one step forward and two steps back with that if we're not actually allowing yourself to feel our feelings, but normalizing that, normalizing like, okay, yeah, I'm looking at this financial stuff and this seems maybe overwhelming or like, you know, uh, makes you want to puke. Like you said, it's just like, be with it. It's like, okay, well, but this is why I do what I do, right? This is why I'm in it. And like looking at the future and the bigger picture, being able to zoom out. And I think that's the thing that is so helpful in terms of what you do is just being able to give that bigger financial picture to see that you're set up for success. That's the peace of mind. That's where we get like that mental, you know, relief and reminding ourselves like, oh yeah, like, I've done, I've checked the boxes in terms of like my financial well-being, like I'm good, you know, and reminding yourself, um, especially with people that I feel like have experienced, you know, some financial, you know, like big financial burdens or something like that. And they feel like it, like maybe they don't have a great relationship with money or something like that. And so being able to talk yourself through that is important, you know, and, and it sounds like you really can help people do that which is huge. Plus you're just so human about it, which I just love, you know, you normalize, (laughs) you normalize it so much. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think that is why I like doing this so much though, because like, it's such a big part of everyone's lives. Really? Like it's very hard to find someone that their financial wellness isn't like heavily influencing their stress or their happiness in some way. Right. So I I hope that I can um, bring that human element more to people so that they're not as intimidated or nervous or scared because everyone has the ability to be financially well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a great way to lessen the financial pain. It's like, you know, is just humanizing the the thing that it it does impact how we're, what we're experiencing in our lives. So and it does everyone else. So how do, what are we going to do about it? So I'm curious because there's some things going on, you know, in the financial world right now. I mean, there always is, but some of the trends, and I want to just like have you speak to a few of those trends, um, like, you know, some things that I've seen on 
on LinkedIn are like quiet quitting. I, you know, have heard some of my clients bring up the fire movement. Um, so I'd love to hear you just kind of touch on those and if there are any other trends or things that you've seen going on in the in the financial world that you want to speak to. Yeah, and they're definitely, I mean, all meetings that we have with anyone, clients or not, are are confidential. So once you get people going, they definitely start talking about how happy or not happy they are at work. So uh, for those who might not be familiar, the quiet quitting is really when you just do the absolute bare minimum um, at your day job to not get fired, essentially. Uh, you're just not checked in mentally, emotionally, maybe physically, if you have to go into the office, but um, they're just doing the bare minimum and they're going home and they're finding happiness and joy and balance outside of work. And they're prioritizing their wellness outside of work. So that's quite quitting. Um, definitely hear about that, uh, which I'll touch on. And the FIRE movement is the um, retiring early. So financially independent, retire early. There's different like s- categories of that. But um, so for the first one, I would say people don't actually always know when they're in the um they're in that quiet quitting mode. And so sometimes it actually has to come up. I mean, I don't say, are you, are you quiet quitting? But you just start to realize that they're not necessarily um, happy despite the benefits or the pay. Insert, you know, any number of different factors that people would look at on a paper and decide, yes, I'll be happy here. Or no, I won't. Like golden handcuffs kind of, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. That does have a big impact because if we get to the point where they want to start talking about transitioning, whether that's doing their own thing or moving companies, you know, that's something that we help with to help them analyze not just the salary and the pay and the benefits, but like the lifestyle that they'll have somewhere else. So someone might be very willing to, for example, take less pay or less benefits if it meant they could work remotely or if it meant they could have unlimited leave. So that's something that uh, is really important for us to know because we'll help them make that decision. And then for um, the FIRE movement, we're seeing a lot of it, I will say a couple of years ago, um, more so than I am now. And I think I think the pandemic like really changed people, to be honest with you. And people are more like, I want to do something I love more now than even before a couple of years ago where they're like, I'll just do whatever to make the most money and then I'll retire at 40. Right. But now it's like, people are like, I actually want to continue to work even in retirement in some way, whether it's volunteering or teaching or just working in some capacity. So, um, it's still, you know, that fire movement still exists and it's out there, but for whatever reason, the majority of people that um, come to us um, seem to want to continue to do something, maybe because we're in DC and people are tend to be pretty passionate <laughs> about um, a lot of different topics. But yeah, so I am I am seeing that, which I think to me it actually makes me happier because I'm like I the fire movement. I think it's so to me it sounds a little bit sad. <laughs> like you're gonna do something, you know, for a set number of years, just so you can then retire early and then go do what you want when 
to me, I'm like, I'd rather you do what you want now while you're working. Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. Well, you and I agree on that because it's like, you know, yeah. it's the whole, I mean, I think of it as like forcing yourself to do something, you know, to have what you want later when in reality, it's like, what if you don't have later? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's morbid, but, you know, it's reality. And um, I think, you know, trying to make our present as enjoyable as possible is super important, especially when it comes to creating sustainable success. Because it's like, what are you going to do? Just risk your happiness and your wellness and your maybe even your relationships in order to get to something that you might not even have have later. So yeah, I I agree with you on that. Um. So we just talked about trends, but one of the things that ever since I was little and um, even now, I've been a big, um, I would say like maybe quiet rebel about things because I'm like, (laughs) when there's a trend, I'm like, what can I do that's different? And I don't do this everywhere, but I always try to kind of find an alternative way and more so as a way to be like, what is really my truth? And this is a big reason why. I created well, well and wild method is, and that's the part, the wild part is really coming back to our truth and, and maybe even being a rebel and not doing things the way that society has told us to do them or our parents have, or what's acceptable, but more so what is, is our truth. And that actually leads us to being, having like a wildly successful life and being wildly authentic and that sort of thing. And since you are a well and wild method alumni, or I guess I should say alum, can you speak to this in terms of your profession and implementing this as, you know, a business owner, as a new mom? Yeah. I mean, was it two years ago? I think I started working with you like this month even, Jenny. But for those who might not know, like just the financial industry in general is still predominantly men. Um, so I'm not a man, <laughs> you can't tell by my voice. So, um, and just what society expects of, you know, with me as a new mom, um, a lot of my colleagues don't have that cause they're either older. Like a lot of women are older or it's mostly men. So, um, that, that was a different experience that I knew I was going to be having when my son was born and even coming, coming up to that, um, it's just a very fast paced industry. And I had gotten to the point where I felt like I kind of, I felt like I'd paid my dues, to be honest. I'm like, all right, I've done this hustle. Like I've really put in probably more time than I wanted to in terms of trying to get the business up and running and sustainable. And I just was kind of over it. <laughs> I was like, if this is it, then I think I'm going to like go find something else, even though I felt so passionately that it's like really important to have women in the business as planners and as advisors. And I was getting really great positive feedback, but personally, my life was just, I was like, I don't want to do these 12 hour days every day, you know? Um, so in through working with Jenny, it just really, um, it just changed my perspective which then had this ripple effect across the business and across my life. So I still like kind of get giddy when people, cause I don't work Fridays still. And that has a lot to do with Jenny. I'm like, I wanted three day, I wanted three day weekends. Um, 
sure a lot of people do, but I kind of felt like a, this lofty dream to me. It was like one of those things, Jenny, that you pulled out of me. I'm like, fine, I'll tell you. Like, I'd love to have three-day weekends, but I didn't think it was possible. And I've been doing it now for most of this, all of this year, all of this year. And I share that with people and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. Like, how do you do that? And I, I don't always say this, but sometimes I just feel like, well, Jenny will. <laughs> But it helps you when you shift your perspective and you start to prioritize what needs to be done. And I stopped like caring so much about things that honestly didn't, they weren't tied closely to my values or what was most important to me. So a lot of it, I let go. And I had this hyper responsibility that I had to do everything, even though I was like, you know, I was just doing too much. And with that jam-packed schedule and so again, to um, to make those changes in like my habits and my well-being, I first had to really just shift the way I was thinking about basically everything. <laughs> and um, it's had a really positive effects on my relationships. Like I'm able to spend more time now with my baby before when I was pregnant, like just taking care of myself, going to classes more than I would have been able to with my husband. Um, and my business, even this year, Jenny, I haven't even told you this, but I mean, I just, re- I was out from April, like the end of no mid April. And I just came back in like mid August. So I was out for like 16 weeks on maternity leave and our business is still up almost 10% this year from last year. And the last year we killed it last year. We were at a really good year last year. So I'm just a really big believer and taking care of yourself and like, you know, rebelling when it makes sense for you, not just for the sake of it, like maybe little Jenny was doing (laughs) for fun. (laughs) But yeah, it can be fun to be like, okay, yeah, this is the way everyone else is doing it. It's very fast paced. Everyone's working like a lot of hours, but this is what I want to do. And seeing, just testing the waters um, and having fun with proving yourself wrong. That, oh, wow, this actually is possible. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, yes. I am like, have so many things that I want to touch on. First of all, congratulations on your business growth. And, um, that's, that's really amazing to hear. Um, and you know, one of the things that I really want to speak to is you being a hundred percent, like all in with you investing in yourselves, because guys, like this is not, just like with the financial stuff. It's not at the beginning, it's not we we make mountains out of molehills. So it's so uncomfortable to dive in to even say the things that we want. And I think there's so much so many parallels between what you do dairy and what, you know, what I do and and just facing it, you know, and 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 knowing that you can do it your own way and reinventing your relationship whether it be to your idea of success, to what your day needs to look like, to what your financial, you know, the the relationship that you have to your finances, um, that that's all possible, that that can all change for you. And I think that that, you know, that's just something that gets me so excited, you know, you know, for people that are listening and if they're thinking about diving into you know, creating more financial wellness for themselves. It's like, it just starts with like one choice, like of you, of them just like reaching out or starting to look at, you know, 
something like addressing, addressing it with one action. And that's kind of what I want to ask you is like, if someone were just going to kind of start this process of facing this financial future, like they are brand spanking new to, you know, making a difference in their financial wellness. Um, is there a place that you would tell them to start? Yeah. Um, the first place that we start with everyone, and I do the same thing for myself, which I'm, I'm probably due because our expenses have changed with baby. <laughs> I'm probably due for a review. Um, but whether you're fresh out of you know college or even high school or you're well into retirement, the first place we always start is just looking at what's coming in every month. So meeting income and what's going out every month. So those are your bills. Um, and then differentiating between like, what do I need? So like you need a place to live. You need food. These are not, you can't cut them out. You need electricity, right? Um, and they're, and then differentiating between those basic necessities and those um, like wants that you have. And it's not fun for a lot of people to do this. There are loads of soft, there's lots of software you can use. Um, I still think it's more powerful to just print off. I do this myself because it's more visceral. If you actually like are doing like a physical action where you're going through a physical piece of paper and basing the music of like, oh, I thought I only spent, you know, about $300 a month on going out to eat, but turns out it's 600. Like you need to feel that people. I'm sorry, but like we talked about feelings. You need to face the music and um, that's the first step. I'm, I told you earlier, I actually don't like the word budget. It's a bad B word to me because it's just packed with so many connotations and most of them feel, to me, it feels restrictive. I don't have a budget. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I don't have a budget. Um, but what I'm describing instead, I'm going to give you a new word to use. It's like fancier word with probably no connotations already is your family or your household cash flow. Flow of cash coming in what's going out just start there most people don't know and so like how can you make any confident decisions when you're not even really sure what's happening on a month on a monthly basis if you have anything left over or not awesome awesome that's so helpful Derry. that's great so um I love that you got rid of the word budget because I was going to ask you like, so do you have, is that where people start? It's like create a budget. It's like, I, I think it's like they miss a step. It sounds like people have missed a step before that. And that's, that's a big thing. I think, you know, with, with what I'm really getting from what you're saying is people kind of jump ahead with things, you know, even, and we'll speak to this in just a moment, even like when they think maybe financial planning or financial advisor, they think investing. And people are jumping ahead to thinking that like, do I, oh, I don't, I don't have the cash to do that. When in reality, it's like, they just need to start and look at what is the cash flow? What is actually happening? Where is my money going? And that's just like the first step. And like that gives us some, I always say like knowledge is power, right? Like, because it's like, if you can see it and you know, then you can actually do something about it. But if we don't know, we can't take any action. So we have to know, be able to see, you know, what is actually happening. So then we can make an informed decision rather than just maybe throwing spaghetti at the wall. Um, and so 
Um, I love that you address that. So looking at the cash flow. Um, so there's an action item for y'all. Um, now I want to speak to this really quick besides investments, because I feel like, you know, when people think financial advising or anything like that, I mean, I know like, oh, I don't have money to invest or like people might think that right off the bat. Um, how can you, or can you address like just that thought process in terms of like being financially responsible? Like, you know, everyone tells you you need to invest at a certain age and like, you know, that sort of thing. But can you just speak to that? Like, what would you tell someone that that's where their mind is going is investments, financial advising. That's the only way that I can work with financial advisor. It, yeah. I mean, there's so many things people can do on their own. So like just to piggyback off of like, if you go through your expenses and, you know, figure out what that is, hopefully during this conversation that you might've had some of your own ideas or your own goals or your own values pop up. So a really good next step is so I'll give you an example. Sometimes when we when I do this with clients, they'll they'll be like, again, embarrassed. So they'll be like, oh, well, explaining, oh, this is, you know, um going out to get like a pedicure with my sister or something. Like, I don't have to do that. And I'm like, hold on. <laughs> is it important for you to spend time with your sister? Yeah. Okay. So let's just keep going. Let's keep it for now, you know. There's probably other things that we can um, reduce that aren't as important to you. So the next step that, again, people can do on their own is seeing, is this in alignment with what's really important to me? And if not, like, for example, like we're, I'm very guilty of like, we start, we started like going out or ordering out a lot. And I'm like, I don't even taste the difference between like a $10 pizza and a $40 pizza. I don't taste the difference. I don't care. So like, let's just get the $10 pizza while we're like running around with a baby in our arms and call it a day. Like that's, that's a really easy one. So everyone has to, you know, do that for yourself. But the point isn't to cut out all the things that matter to you. It's to identify the things that don't matter and then reduce or cut out even where you're spending. It's like a leaky bucket. It's like, you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't. It would make no difference in your life if you stopped spending there. And then you can start to see, oh, I have some extra money this month or this year. And again, going back to your values, like what's the next most important thing? Was it saving? It could be travel. There could be a different um, combination of these goals. But um, again, to start with just understanding, almost running your household as, as if it's a business, I don't, that might resonate with some people, maybe not with others, but if you can distance yourself a little bit to just give yourself a um, review and then come back to that human nature, be like, okay, what's important to me? And is this, is this an alignment? Like, could someone tell by looking at my expenses, like what, what matters to me? Cause sometimes it's missing. So I've been known like David, Denny knows my partner teases me because I'll call my clients and I'm like, did you book your ticket yet? You're talking about traveling to wherever. And it's like in two months. So did you book it? <laughs> like, no. Like, okay, well, why? <laughs> you know, so sometimes it's spending more. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so important. I, I mean, that's exactly like thinking about just like your where your energy goes. It's like if someone were watching you, would you be able, would people be able to tell what you value? Um, I think that's such an important thing to look at. Like, where is your money going? 
what 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 is it that you know does it actually demonstrate your values if we if we looked at it um and then actually doing the things that bring you joy like like you said it's like you have the money to do the vacation like why aren't you doing it right that's a lot of i think that's a lot of you know at least the people that i talk to can be can be an issue is just that they're constantly postponing those things that are going to actually bring them joy because for some reason they think that they can't do it or you know, well, it might be a deeper belief issue. They don't think they're worthy of it for some reason. So, you know, um, yes, like actually doing those things that that bring you joy. Um, and I think, you know, you even saying um, what really hit me is like treating your, you know, your household like a business, you know, being able to remove like while there's that human component, it's like being able to remove yourself and just like look at the numbers. It's like put on your just like your boss hat for that moment of just like, let me just look at the numbers and just be number oriented right now. And then you can come back to like being in your feelings about it and, you know, use both of those perceptions. But I think that's such a powerful, a powerful thing to think about um, is taking that out. And I mean, I'm sure that perspective too helps people with, um, you know, that are in partnerships, right. And they're having to figure out financial, um, their financial situation too. Um, so before we, before we wrap up and kind of tell people like, you know, a little bit about you and, and how they can maybe get out, get in contact with you. Is there anything else that you want to speak to that has to do with financial wellness or anything that comes to mind that you feel like we didn't touch on today that you just want people to hear or know or anything like that? Yeah, I'll just say, um, you know, what you see on TV and even on the radio and probably even certain podcasts and just the news in general, like it's designed to alert you. That's how they get you to watch. So that's fine. That's the business they're in. But financial wellness, honestly, Jenny, it's not going to be, there's nothing that could happen on the news that should completely dismantle someone's financial wellness. It might shake you or rock you, like what we're seeing with happened this year. And obviously during the pandemic, it's been scary. It's stressful. People's health is, um, you know, it's on the line. Like people are at risk, not just financially, but their health as well, what we've seen. But, you know, the, the goal is to get um, get yourself, which everyone can, can do this to a certain, you know, to a certain extent, um, where you will not be shook based off of what happened that day in the news. So, uh, long-term perspective, you'll be able to weather any storms as the saying goes, or just overcome any unexpected bumps along the road. That's, everyone. Everyone has those bad days or even bad years, um, but it doesn't have to completely dismantle you. Uh, amazing, Derry. That is a fantastic thing. It's like being unshakable, right? Like feeling financially like, you know, it's it. anything can happen. And I have that peace of mind because I've worked with somebody and I understand. So let's say someone is looking to kind of get, to get started and, um, you know, increase their financial wellness and be more, um, unshakable in that area. How could they start with you? How could they get in contact with you? What does that look like? That's a good question. So we set up complimentary, um, 20 to 30 minute. If you need a shorter time, we can do it, but we're trying to keep them 
short and sweet for people who just want an introduction. Um, you don't have to bring anything. So they would be able to email me or they can just, you know, schedule it um, um, with us through an email as well. Um, but that would be the first step is just an introduction to get to know you, get to know us, and then decide from there if we want to stay in touch or set up another meeting. Awesome. I love it. And something that I just thought of that I think would be cool for people to know is your business and like the mission behind your business, like speaking to the name. I know when you guys came up with this, it was um, just powerful for me to hear it. And um, I'm sure other people would enjoy hearing that. Can, so can you speak to yeah. SDF Financial and the whole um, concept behind behind your business and the business name? Yeah, that makes me happy to hear because we spent a lot of time on this. So we actually went around and asked our friends, our colleagues and clients, like, what are some of the feelings um, that you have through working with us? What has your experience been? And some of the words that kept coming up were, I feel at home with you all. I feel relaxed. I feel a sense of warmth um, that comes off of you. Like you guys really care about me. And so that those were like the words that we were working with are like, it's almost like we're at like a fire, like we're sitting around the fire, just relaxing. And so, yeah, Hestia Focus Financial is based off of Hestia, who's the Greek goddess of the home and the heart. So she protects the fire and she protects the family in um, Greek mythology. And we love that. We focus on uh, working with executive level women and entrepreneurs. So we love that it had the feminist um, appeal to the name as well. And that's what that's what we try to do. We just try to make people understand it can be a fun and warm, positive experience. So I love it, Derry. That's such an amazing, like, it's so cool that you reach out to people to see what they are experiencing. And so if that's what you guys want to be experiencing like that, I mean, it's like a no brainer. I, I just, you know, I think it's so great what you guys bring to the table and how you guys make people feel when they're talking about their finances that can be you know, a scary thing. It's like, I'd rather go to a fire and feel warm and cozy and be at home, you know? Um, so y'all, it does not have to be as scary as we make it out to be. Um, okay. Anything else you want to add? No, we covered a lot. Awesome. We did. Well, Derry, thank you again so much. I know you are a new mom, you're a business owner, you're up to a lot. You have a life outside of work all these things, a beautiful family. And so I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. And um, I'm sure that the listeners will also will also enjoy. And I had so much fun, Jenny. Thank you. I was so excited. And yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. I hope that you enjoyed that episode and conversation just as much as I did. I want to be sure that you know how to contact Dairy if that is where you want to start some financial planning. Her company is called SDF Financial, and you can go to sdfinancial.com, which is E-S-T-I-A Financial, and there is a contact page where you can reach out to her and set up a complimentary meeting with her or one of her business partners. I hope that you guys have a wonderful week, and I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you took some value from today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the inspiration on Instagram by following along at Wellwolf or visiting the website at wellwolf.com. 
I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. In the meantime, be well, be wild.